coming up next on The Health Hustle. It was a very pivotal moment because it expanded what I believed to be possible and it also made it possible for me. It wasn't this far out thing that was like, you know, other people can do and not me. I'm not saying it's like, you know, I didn't have a business. I didn't have an LLC, but it was just like, whoa, you can create value for someone else that doesn't want to do something or wants to learn a specific thing and create whatever that is, a product, a process, and you can sell it. And I did this for a few more people. I mean, I didn't go anywhere, right? That led me to my first program. One of the girls ran a group coaching program teaching you how to run an online business. So it was my first time ever investing in myself. I invested $4,000 into this program, which at the time was wild. And that was 2019 now at this point. And I went through that for three months. And within two weeks of that, I made five grand. I was like, oh, okay. And I was on my way. I was like already going to make, you know, the coveted 10K months that you see in the, the coaching industry. Be doing social media coaching for people. And I hated it. Hmm. I hated it because I had abandoned what I originally wanted to do, which was inspire people to change their lives in the way that I had changed mine up until that point. I mean, I've obviously walked the path quite a bit since then, but I veered off my path. And I'm so grateful to my past self. Every single time that I veer off, I will pull the plug on it and I'll come back to my center. So that's what I did. So I, I probably had made about $25,000 in a couple months and I was like, oh, I'm going to become a slave to the business I don't want to create. And so I stopped. Hey folks, and welcome to the Health Hustle of Austin, Texas. On this show, we uncover the big ideas from your fellow health and fitness entrepreneurs in the Austin, Texas area about how they built their business and the lessons they learned along the way. What's up, y'all? Corey here. And in this episode, I got to sit down with the great and wonderful Rachel Gibbler. What was so fun about this episode is that we got to talk about the overlap between business and spirituality. As somebody who's never really considered themselves spiritual, this was actually a really eye-opening conversation for me, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. Rachel is a three-time business owner, spiritual entrepreneur, manifestation master, and twerking queen. Her words, not mine. Some of the things that we get into are what it was like growing up as an atheist, how she was able to make her very first dollar on the internet, different ways that you can test the universe, the point of a vision board, and it's not just putting a bunch of stuff onto a board and hoping that it comes true, finding good mentorship, building a strong community, the importance of honesty with others and yourself, the power in polarity, creating a movement of people and community, putting yourself into a room before you're ready, and so much more. One last thing, if you're a health or fitness professional and you're having difficulties getting leads, one of the most common reasons that I see this is not having a well-defined niche. If you go to the link in the description, I have a free three-step process that walks you through exactly how to get clarity on which niche is best suited for you and your business. Without further ado, let's go. Rachel Gibbler, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. We got connected through Garen, who is another incredible soul. And now we are sitting here today about to unveil the story of Rachel Gibbler and where you came from. You All ready? right. I'm here for it. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> so a fun starting place is like really where people kind of started their business slash entrepreneurship uh, ventures. And mm-hmm. it sounds like for you, it was relatively recent, actually, mm-hmm. not that long ago. And it was something completely different than what you're doing now. Do you mind sharing what it is and how you got yeah, into it? Well, it's just funny sharing with uh, you with the story off camera. Um, 
is just the way that I made my very first dollar on the internet, which just really opened my mind to the possibilities, right? It's not something that I did for long, but um, for people to understand how I got into this work, I think it's important to understand how I got here. And I always say, you know, the story really started for me when I was 16 and I didn't come from a super entrepreneurial family. My dad didn't did uh, take over a business, but he didn't start a business. I didn't think of myself as an entrepreneur growing up. Um, and yeah, at the age of 16, my life turned upside down and my father passed away. And it sent me on a very long eight year journey downward spiral of like knowing I wanted to make an impact with what I had been through, but not knowing how to do that and really like not showing up for myself in a good way. And I found myself, I was working a corporate job, working 80 hours a week for someone else, um, just going to bars on the weekend, feeling very unfulfilled with my life. And um, what, what town was this in? Where were you at? This was in Houston, Texas. Okay. So um, ages 21 to 23, so right when I was out of school, I uh, was working this job and I was in sales and it was just um, very unfulfilling, very unfulfilling. So I learned very quickly, I don't want to work for anybody else. And I didn't know how to change my life. I didn't know how to start a business. And at this time I didn't even, that wasn't really on my radar. It was just, I want to make something of my life. I want to make an impact with my story. And I was in a freak accident when I was 23 years old that forced me to take three months medical leave. And during that time, I had this epiphany. If I use this time wisely and I begin to study entrepreneurs and how they think and how they move in the world, then this will be the beginning of my story and it'll be the rock bottom that I built the rest of the foundation upon. What was the epiphany? How did that come to you? So <laughs> to share, to going back to when I was 16, when my father was in the hospital um, after his accident and I was sitting there and I was told he didn't make it. I had this knowing, like, I don't know if it's be an intuitive knowing or a voice, but like, I just had this knowing this won't be all for nothing. I knew in my bones I would make something of the story. And then over those eight years, when I was drinking or I was in a bad situation, I would have that knowing again of like, this won't be all for nothing. I'm going to make something of this story. So that same knowing, when I was about two weeks into my recovery, I'd shattered my leg. And I was pissed for the first couple of weeks. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, mm. right, one more thing. And then I had that same knowing and it said, use this time wisely and this won't be all for nothing. And I grabbed my computer and I Googled how to be happy. That was my entrance into this work, into self-development, into entrepreneurship, into like any self-empowerment work was that question. Do you happen to remember what you found when you Googled that? Self-development, mindset work. Like that was, it was the front door, like very much goal setting, think positive, affirmations. But I hadn't even heard, I didn't know self-development was a thing. I didn't grow up around it. My parents didn't do that. Like there was no talk of mindset in our household. What did personal development mean to you then when you first discovered it and how has it changed to how you look at it now? Oh, that's a good question. So when I first discovered it, I mean, it was even mind blowing to me that our thoughts create our reality. Hmm. I didn't even, I had never thought about that before. Like, what do you mean that we create our own reality? 
you know, and now that's so funny to me that that's, that there was a time in my life that I didn't know that. But now I'd say when I originally entered into this work, it was very hyper-masculine, very like goal-setting driven, like you need to think thoughts, you need to think more positively. And I mean, that got me far and that was the work that I did for about three years. And we can get into my journey in entrepreneurship as well that I entered during this time. But then I realized that um, then I became more spiritual and I had more of a, call it spiritual awakening, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, and from that, that led me on a journey with my nervous system and with healing more of my body and healing like somatically. And so I got, I went from thoughts and mindset work to more spiritual work to then somatics and how all of it works together. Mm. And for a long time, I was wanting to achieve something outside of myself because I thought I'd feel a different certain way. And I didn't realize that that's what I was doing, but that's what I was doing until I had hit a certain level of success about a year ago and uh, realized I was in the middle of a lot of my vision board and I didn't feel any different. And that was when I went on the journey of creating a life that feels as good as it looks. And so that's what I'm on now. So one of the reasons I was kind of excited to talk to you mm-hmm. was that you be you seem to be in this realm of spiritual mm-hmm. awakening in a lot of ways. And admittedly, that word has never really resonated with me yeah. in so many ways, yeah. which is why I'm curious just to talk to you in general. Is like I hear that word a lot. I know a lot of people, especially here in Austin, it's the very commonly used word. Yeah. And I've never really fully understood it in so mm-hmm. many ways. Something as basic as like even recently, not that long ago, I trauma that mm-hmm. was a really interesting word for me as well I was like never really understood it never really resonated with me mm-hmm. until I started just learning and understanding more about even what that means or what that could look like yeah and now I can look at it and be like oh now I get it it's like we all have it in some way if you understand it on some level and I would argue spirituality is probably in that same camp so like for anybody else out there that just that word doesn't resonate with them mm-hmm. how could you maybe better understand it or frame it so it's like oh now I get it I get what you're talking about Okay, I love this so much because (laughs) I grew up atheist. So what you are saying right now is what I always said. Like, that doesn't resonate with me. I don't understand that. Like, that's not for me. That's not my thing. And I have approached spirituality in a much different way than I think a lot of people have in this space because the way I viewed it when I was not when it didn't resonate was very um the way I perceived other people sharing spirituality that which again was my perception was very like woo esoteric like your angels are just speaking to you and I'm like no like I don't understand that you know like doesn't make any sense to me oh you see 11 11 like that means this whole thing right so there's this very like on the surface level spirituality thing that people are and, and that I did not get that so when I went on this journey of really questioning the nature of consciousness I started to seek answers that were more scientific. So that's the, that is what the, the door that I ended up walking through with spirituality and what I was always make it make sense. Like I, 
I, I don't want to just take anybody's word for it, you know, like totally. really make it make sense. So for me, when I started studying the subconscious mind and I started studying the body and how everything works together, have you heard of the reticular activating system? Yes. Okay. So you're aware that the reticular activating system exists within our subconscious mind and it is the thing that filters out in our reality what we see or what we perceive of, mm-hmm. right? So there's like millions and trillions or how many you know bits of information that are actually taken in each second. We filter them out based on our reticular activating system and then that is what we perceive of. So for me, what that made me realize was that whether it's your angels sending you 1111 or it's now your awareness and your reticular activating system seeing it, isn't that still magic? Hmm. Isn't that still you manifesting? Look how powerful you are. If you can do that with signs from the universe, I don't care where it's coming from. It's all coming from you. And so when I started to approach it with that from like a scientific lens and I started to ask the questions of like, well, who am I really? And who is the me that is in this body or the, that are, is seeing with this, these eyes and that is filtering out? Like when you really peel that back the layers more and more, like who is that version? And it's, to me, it's all, it's just truth. It's just conscious. It's all what we are. You talk about laws of the universe, laws of oneness, the law of unity. Like it's, I could go on and on about it, yeah. but that's the layer that I see spirituality <laughs> through. So, yeah. yeah. No, if I was to try, try to wrap that into a bow, I mean, so yeah. much of it is just like reshaping the way you filter the data around you, essentially. Yeah. In so many ways is like mm-hmm. seeing it through a different lens or through a different light and like noticing mm-hmm. things that you maybe didn't notice and maybe stop noticing things that you do notice in mm-hmm. some ways. Understanding your power. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's a different explanation for the same thing. Whether you want to say your thoughts create your reality or you want to say think pos- like positive affirmations or set goals, you're training your, your mind to think in a different way. You're training yourself to perceive. It's, it's all a different explanation of the same thing. Totally. Mm-hmm. I feel like the other quote that resonates with me as well is just what you focus on you find. Yeah. In so many ways. Exactly. So... Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, I think that's super helpful because I could definitely fall into that exact same camp, a very Mm -hmm. logical science-based. I remember very specifically in graduate school, the reason I even know what what you were talking about in terms of a particular activating system is I used to practice as an occupational therapist. Mm -hmm. And we would talk about that a lot with like sensory kids who basically just have like way too much stimulus. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like way too much data coming in essentially. But I remember specifically a teacher that she was very into meditation at the time. And this was probably, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And I remember thinking it was the most woo-woo, stupid thing of all time. Yep. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, there's no way this has any effect on your life. And then the research just started to come out. They started mm-hmm. doing brain scans. They started showing how the white and the gray matters of the brain changed. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Now I get it. Yep. And I feel like spirituality is kind of more or less coming into that same camp of like they're finding legitimate hard science behind it. Exactly. What The way that I view this, so I came from the make it make sense, prove it to me. I want to know the science. And as I continually went down that path 
and continuously was proven wrong, <laughs> right? By like, I, I would test like, okay, universe, if this is real, fine. Give me a sign of an owl. And then like, you know, an hour later I'd get, and I'm like, okay. And I'd be doing that over and over and over again. And what I've come to realize is that a lot of science is just simply beginning to explain what spirituality has always taught and known. So I've begun to reframe how I view a lot of things. I'm a lot more open to it now because I've been proved, I've proven myself wrong so many times. What if, do you have any examples? And this might be a tough question. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a good answer, it's fine. But I'm just thinking of, do you have any examples of like that in your own life of just like kind of almost like shattering some of your beliefs around some of the stuff you had about spirituality from things that you've just like noticed or learned or learned from like some of the science that's coming out or anything like that? Yeah. Well, I'd say science is one, like the reticular activating system, you know, the thing that I've shared through that. I mean, there's, there's a lot, you delve into quantum physics, you're delving into spirituality. However, what's made me believe it the most is just being open-minded enough that I've been, and really it was like, I really wanted answers. And so I was like seeking I was listening to a podcast by Gabby Bernstein, who's a spiritual teacher, and she said, ask for a sign. And I'm like, that is so stupid. Why would I ask for a sign? But fine, because I don't know what else to do. And she said, ask for an owl. And so I said, okay, I'm going to ask for an owl because, like, I, 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 I don't think I see owls. I didn't want to be able to, you know, manipulate it in some way and, like, so I said, fine, I never see owls and ask for an owl. And like I mentioned, an hour later, I walk outside and there's a huge mural painting of an owl that had always been there. I'd never seen it before. <laughs> and so then I wanted to test it more. Okay, give me another owl. And it was like a couple hours later, I'm walking down the street and I see it on something else, like on a park bench or something. Like it was like, okay, what the heck? You know, so it was asking and then it consistently happening over time, over and over and over again. So then I started to do that with bigger things. So I started to write down, it is now December 31st. At this time it was, I don't know, 2020 or something. And I have achieved da 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 da. And I have all these things and I've made this much in my business and I have this team and I live in this place. And then I forget about it. And then all of a sudden, I find the piece of paper again and every single thing came true. Mm. So it was that practice over and over and over and leaning into more of blind faith. I never was someone that had any faith in anything. And for years that was not good for my life. You said you were an atheist earlier. Mm -hmm. Where do you fall in that camp now? I'm certainly not atheist anymore. Um, I'm a believer in the connectedness of all things. So I'm not into any religion. I think religion all explains different, is a different explanation of the same thing, which is spirituality. It's I'm spiritual, but I'm also not your most spiritual person ever in the world. I still always want an explanation for certain things. There's still some stuff that's even more woo for me, but I respect it. Because I'm like, whatever works for that individual person. It's what brings you back to your true nature and knowingness of your own wholeness and your own divinity. And that's, that's what it is for me. You mentioned a vision board earlier mm -hmm. that 
in a lot of ways came true. Do you still believe in vision boards and what does that mean to you? I think vision boards are a helpful tool. Just like if you want to say affirmations are a helpful tool, meditation is a helpful tool, journaling is a, they're all tools. But if you miss the point of it, what's the point, right? So we have to understand why are we doing what we're doing. So it's not just say my affirmations, I checked off the list. I do my vision board, I check off the list. People wildly miss the point. It's so that you are consistently visualizing and consistently putting yourself there and feeling what it feels like to have that and then also reverse engineering and looking at the logistically, how can you do these things? There's so many different things. Vision board can be great and you can put it up, but if you're not actually using it as a tool and you're just kind of doing it, it's like, yeah, maybe it comes true and that's great because you did a bunch of other things as well. But like, I think that when people, lots of people are looking for a quick fix and they want just like, what's my one thing to do? And then I can, you know, write a check for myself for a million dollars and it's just going to come true. And it's like, well, <laughs> not really exactly how that works. So I think there's a lot of nuance to understanding the why behind it and not just like do the thing. I'm really glad you brought that up because it always reminds me of what's that book called? The Secret, I think mm -hmm. it is, where it talks about like just think about it and it'll happen. Yeah. Which I don't believe in in mm -hmm. so many ways. I think yeah, you're hitting on that idea of, yeah, it's it's a tool. Mm -hmm. It's a piece of it. It's about bringing awareness around it. But if you're only doing it to check the box because somebody else told you to do it and it's going to make all your dreams come true. Right. Totally missing the point. Yeah. For sure. I actually had recently a good buddy of mine, another Corey, Corey Camp. And we were talking about like the number of people in Austin who have like a three hour morning routine yeah, of all of the things. And it's like, I bet you, you would get way more out of it if you just did one of those. Yeah. Like intentionally with purpose and meaning behind it. Yeah. As opposed to doing all of the things. Mm -hmm. So I can resonate with that a lot. I want to pull back on your story a little bit and come back to you again, though, in terms of you were kind of touching about that first entrepreneurship journey and yeah. how you got into it in the first place. Can we come back to that story? And yeah, how you got into it? yeah, absolutely. It's a funny story. Now looking back, um, I, so I mentioned being in bed for three months and, uh, Googling how to be happy. And that led me down the self-development, uh, rabbit hole. And it also led me to want to begin sharing my story. And so I started, sharing on Instagram. At this point, I had no social media for the three years prior to this. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to rip the bandaid. I'm going to share my story of what I've been through in the hopes to help some people. Will it turn into a business? I don't know. You can literally scroll back still on my Instagram today to my first post of like, what am I going to do with this? I have no idea, hmm. you know? And um, one thing always leads to another every time you can always connect the dots looking backwards but you'll never know how it is that you're going to create what you created right and so um i had actually flown out to a women's entrepreneur event when i was not an entrepreneur yet at this point um put myself in the room which there's a big lesson inside of that put myself in the room these women i, I had shared with them i want to share my story they told me you need to post on Instagram before you leave here, you're doing it kind oh. of thing. And so I did, um, terrified, ripped the bandaid at that event that led me to another event, um, like a women entrepreneurship retreat. 
And I got invited to that. So two months later, as I'm now posting on Instagram, sharing my story, I go to this retreat. And you had no business at this point. I had no business. You're just telling your story. Yeah. No, I was just like wanting to be inspirational to people. I had no framework. Okay. At all. This is this is the truth, you know? Which is like I hope anybody listening to this, they can take this as like you can enter this from any different arena. Totally. You know? And this is my story. And so for me, yeah, I just I had the heart in it for people and community, which we can also get into like how to build a strong community because that's the lifeline of my business now. Long before I had any of the business skills, I, and I wasn't trying to immediately coach people, which is another piece. But all I was doing was just giving away my story and my truth and what I was sharing, and that's what I did. So I go to this second event, and at that event, every single, I think it was 12 women, every single woman had an online business except for me. I am always the one that I that puts myself in the room long before I'm ready, and I just like swallow my pride, and I'm like, I'm just here to learn. <laughs> so, so um, they shared with me, oh yeah, we like create offers, and you know, we sell in our DMs, and we do. I'm like, what? You do what? I had no idea. This was back in 2018, and so they're like, yeah. You know, you just cre- create based on what the people want. At this point, I have like 2,000 followers on Instagram. And I was just, again, sharing inspirational stories of what I had been through. And they're like, well, what are people asking you? And I'm looking and people are asking me, how did you make your feed so aesthetic? Because that is one thing that I've always done well. Is like I was really good at taking photos. And I was really good at making the feed aesthetic. So like, oh, yeah, just create an offer. Say that you can outsource that for people. So I'm like, okay. And so I say that to someone and within that hour made $250. Just to make their Instagram or whatever. Yeah. I said, send me 25 photos. I'll make it aesthetic. I'll send it back. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so all I did was slap on an edit and send them right back. It took me like 20 minutes to do. And I made 250 bucks. And I was like, oh, that's business. That, and it's not, but that's what happened, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. But it was my entrance into it. Yeah. Um, and it, it was a very pivotal moment because it expanded what I believed to be possible, and it also made it possible for me. It wasn't this far-out thing that was like, you know, other people can do and not me. I'm not saying it's like, you know, I didn't have a business. I didn't have an LLC, but it was just like, whoa, you can create value for someone else that doesn't want to do something or wants to learn a specific thing and create whatever that is, a product, a process, and you can sell it. And I did this for a few more people. I mean, I didn't go anywhere, right? That led me to my first program one of the girls ran a group coaching program teaching you how to run an online business so it was my first time ever investing in myself I invested four thousand dollars into this program which at the time was wild and that was 2019 now at this point and I went through that for three months and within two weeks of that I made five grand I was like oh okay and I was on my way I was like already gonna make you know the coveted 10k months that you see in the the coaching industry be doing social media coaching for people and I hated it. Hmm. 
I hated it because I had abandoned what I originally wanted to do, which was inspire people to change their lives in the way that I had changed mine up into that point. I mean, I've obviously walked the path quite a bit since then, but I veered off my path and I'm so grateful to my past self. Every single time that I veer off, I will pull the plug on it and I'll come back to my center. So that's what I did. So I, I probably had made about $25,000 in a couple months and I was like, oh, I'm going to become a slave to the business I don't want to create. And so I stopped. How did you know that you were veering off path? That comes down to, you want to talk about spirituality. I didn't know that that was spiritual at the time. I wasn't, I wasn't spiritual at that point. But we all have an inner knowing. We all have an inner guidance system and an intuition. You, I'm guessing if you get quiet enough to listen, we'll probably know. It, it, it shows up for people differently depending on how you relate to it. But for me, it's like a gut feeling. It's a big yes or a big no. And I can tell when there is an argument between my head and my heart. And so I was like, I should do this. I should do this. But everything in my body was like, no. Everyone around me was saying, you're so good at this. Look, you're already, you're creating so, way more. You know, I, I started with no business. And by the end, people were like, how are you doing this? You know, within a couple months. And I'm like, this isn't good. Because I don't want to, I, I wasn't about to sell myself for like a paycheck. Like, or what good is that? I left corporate already. I'm not doing that. So yeah, I had, I've swallowed my pride so many times in front of people and on the internet and pulled the plug on things I'm doing and come back to recalibration over and over and over again. And I did that for three years until I found what it is I was truly meant to do. This is a pattern I keep seeing on this show about just like awareness mm -hmm. It's just like such a pillar of so many of the people that I talk to is just that having enough of it to even know you're in the right direction, which it's like, it's just, it's like anything. It's a skill that you yeah. develop over time is that you make enough mistakes and you fuck up enough times that you start to notice like when you're doing that. Mm -hmm. So like for sure, giving yourself grace to recognize like you're going to probably do that a lot yeah. before you figure out like the direction you should be going on. So anybody else listening, I also want to come back to about how you were talking about, um, basically like the early stages of getting into business and kind of more or less following the money trail initially. Mm -hmm. I think that's also important to note though, that I think a lot of, I'd say most people need that though. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people need that initial just because there seems to be for a lot of people. And I know just speaking from experience is that there's a barrier to this idea of like having a business. Yeah. There's so much pressure or fear or resistance or like I could never do that how could I possibly do that mm -hmm. and I'm really glad that you shared that story because I think business at its most base level in my brain is some sort of audience and some sort of offer and you bring them together yeah at its most base level mm -hmm. it's essentially what you did with the social media thing when you first yeah. started out yeah but we need that right we need some form of just like being like oh this isn't so overwhelming or intense that I couldn't possibly do that before you could actually like navigate what you want to do. Exactly. Right. It, it's, there's increments. You're like building your belief in the process and in yourself incrementally. At least that's what happened for me. Totally. Like I needed each of those steps and I needed to veer off path and I needed to come back home to myself over and over. I needed to have a willingness. Like I think it's, 
it's so beneficial no matter what here's the thing so many people wait to pick a path until it's the right path and until they know and it's like you can't do that because you're either there's no failure there's only feedback so pick a path pick one and then see how it goes and see what you feel and get, receive feedback from that and then pivot from there. And you're going to get so much farther than like, there's people that are like, I've been sitting on this book idea for 20 years. Like over, I've been sitting on this business for 10 years. I'm like, what are you doing? Yep. Like do something, put yourself in the room, get a different perspective, surround yourself with people that are walking the path that you think you want to go down. And you, who knows, you might be like, hell, absolutely not. That's not for me. But how would you know until you do it if you're just going to sit and do the same thing over and over and think about it for so long? You're wasting your life. One of my favorite quotes is from Matthew McConaughey, and he says that we're really bad at knowing what we want, but really good at knowing what we don't want. Mm -hmm. And you only figure it out by just taking steps forward and yeah. trying stuff. Exactly. I want to get to the community building piece, which I know you're amazing at, and we'll get into that in a minute. But before we do, I want to come back to actually just coaching and mentorship. Mm -hmm. So you seem to have had a lot of that. Yeah. And you're also obviously coaching with Garen right now. Mm -hmm. But what about maybe like some of the earlier days of coaching? And I kind of have like two things I want to cover with that is one is how did you even decide mm -hmm. like who to be or who to hire for a coach or even who to look to for mentors? And the other piece of that too is like, what have you found to be the most beneficial benefit part of it and like how did that show up in your own life yeah so every single mentor i've ever had has been perfect for the time that i've been mm. and going back to like there's no failure only feedback it's kind of the same thing with mentors right so people like look a lot of people hire mentors maybe for many different reasons but like they have certain answers or they're going to fix a certain thing. And while they can give you perspective, I think every single thing that happens with a mentor, whether you want to say good or bad, right? It's all, it's all positive because it's all beneficial because you can learn from all of it. And so for me, I've been in a lot of different containers. I've been in group coaching programs. I've been in entrepreneurial masterminds. I've been in one-on-one -on -one containers all the way from mindset, deeply spiritual containers to um, heavy business to a lot of like, yeah, business masterminds. I've done it all. And how I've decided who's gonna be my mentor, typically I'll set the intention and it, well, it just appears like you, I never, you can, again, connect the dots looking backwards, but you can't, I, I'll never know. It just ends up happening because I put myself in the right rooms and one person will lead me to someone else. It'll lead me to someone else. And so typically I know what it is that I want to learn or it's revealed to me, like kind of what happened in say the, uh, the time that I posted on online and made the $250 inside of that retreat, well, that revealed to me that the next step is like, well, I need to learn what the heck this is. What do you mean you create offers? What do you, so it was a very baseline, here's how to run an online business group coaching program. That was my entrance into that. Then from there, I made connections and realized, oh, I need a mindset coach as well because I'm working through a lot of stuff about being seen online. So that was the next thing. Then from there, I became more spiritual. It's like whatever it is that I want to learn, I end up somehow being led to 
the person. Like when the student is ready, the teacher appears. That's really how it's gone for me. Um, do you ever get stuck? And if you do, what do you do? Because you, I would say for a lot of people, you seem to have good awareness mm -hmm. around the things that you should be learning and developing and the coaches and the mentors you should have in your life. What about those who don't, right? Like what about those that are like, I don't really, I'm not really sure what I should be focusing on or learning or who I should be learning from. What do you do in those yeah. situations? So I think if you, if you're saying the, phrase, I don't really know. I don't really know. Well, what if you did know? Have you sat down with it? Have you gotten quiet enough to listen? What if you could, what if, make a list. What are all the things that you could learn or the directions that you could go right now? So I think a lot of times people just say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, well, what have you tried? Mm. Have you tested out anything? Have you like, I YouTube all day. I used to look at Udemy courses long before, I, like just trying to learn about different stuff. What lights you up? What feels expansive for you? Just right now in the moment, then follow that path and see. Like these are things that you have to, you have to try something, right? And then maybe you don't like it. it Non-attachment to like going in a specific direction, be very committed to the process and unattached to the outcome. I love this so much because it pulls back on the fact of so often we like to outsource our thinking. Yeah. As opposed to just sitting with it and actually accepting what might show up, whether we mm -hmm. like it or not. Yeah. I think that happens a lot. I, mm -hmm. I, know, I think mo I've, I've totally fallen in that camp mm -hmm. of where it's so much easier to be like, I don't know, or to go Google like how to be happy mm -hmm. or like what should I be doing as mm -hmm. opposed to really if you just actually sat with it and you allowed it, allowed yourself to sit long enough for something to show up, the mm -hmm. answer is probably there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, do you have willingness? How willing are you? Get really honest. And when was the last time you just followed your joy? Mm. What did you like to do as a kid? Like, what sounds fun for you in this moment? Like, I think we get so caught up in certain, I should do this or I shouldn't do this or what's the thing. And I think to your point of the outsourcing, the thinking, I think that's huge. It's like we want instant gratification. So often we're in this world that's like, we see everybody else and it's comparison and it's all the things. It's like, just get quiet. Just do something fun for a second and see what comes up for you. I wrote a whole newsletter about that, about how you shouldn't outsource your desires. Mm -hmm. I think we do that a lot, yeah. is that we aren't confident enough to believe in what we actually want, so it's so much easier to just look to other people and to ask other people and to research other people as opposed to just trusting your own beliefs. Yeah. I see that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done that myself as well i for a long time now looking back when i first got into this space and i think we can unconsciously do this but like look to mentors or look to people to have certain answers and nobody has the answers that you have for yourself and your life people can have skill sets for sure but they can give you perspective and the greatest muscle you're ever going to build is your own connection to yourself and your inner knowing. Hmm. 
And so that's what I've worked on over and over and over. And every single time you put someone else on a pedestal and think that they're right, all the things, you're going right back to your head of I should do this. And you're disconnecting yourself from the point. Love that. Yeah. So let's get into community building. Mm -hmm. So this is something that's obviously a big pillar of what you do now. Can you talk about how did you even get started in something like that? And what are the lessons you learned? So I think... I did it naturally from the very beginning, not realizing that that's what I was doing because all of my sharing from the very beginning came down to the heart of what it is that I wanted to do. It came down to the, the mission and just wanting to give away my story and what I knew that inherently connects you with people because if you allow yourself to be seen and you allow your heart to be seen, people connect to that. That's not something that I had to strategically learn. Some, that piece was inherently in me, but it's definitely something that can be learned. Um, it was just that's what entered me into this work to begin with. And so... Is it because it's something you desired in your own life? I did desire it in my own life, but I community for sure. But I also, it was that I desired to make something of my story. So vulnerability was always, I've always been very open. And that naturally built a community. Because uh, when you allow yourself to be seen, people can actually see you and connect with you. Totally. And so now my community is, the lifeline of my business and we can get into there are strategic things that now i've looked back on and realized oh that's why these things have happened in the way that they've that's why my community is so strong because i naturally did some some things i did a training actually a couple days ago for i don't know if you know stefanos yeah yeah i did a training for him on how to build a strong community and i like went back and dissected like what were all the things that i did and i'm like that's actually like duplicatable and replicatable you really can it like but nothing can the heart is what matters the heart is everything like the heartbeat of your business and why it is that you're serving and the mission and if you can connect people around a mission like it's not about me i'm not like oh this is me follow me it's my podcast all the things i might be the face of it but that's not the point and it never was and I'm very connected to the mission of bringing people back home to themselves. Mm. And people feel that it's palpable. And so my community has grown and grown. And as honestly, as I've come back home to my own alignment every single time, nope, I don't want to do that for business. Okay, I'm going to pull the plug over here. All right, I'm going to learn skills over here. And I built my own, I, I studied coaching and got a ton of certifications for years before I actually launched a coaching business. A lot of people don't do that. And that was my path. And that's what I felt was an integrity for me. And so I've constantly come back to my own integrity. And then when I launched my brand, which was two years ago, it was so primed, it blew up very fast because it was like, People were ready for it. People were following it. And I, I showed every part of the journey. So, hey, guys, this isn't actually my, like, 
this isn't in alignment for me. Here's why. And this is really vulnerable for me to share. And I feel weird sharing. Like I've gone through every stage with my people online and I've showed it. So people remember me from five years ago. And so they're like, oh my gosh, I'm on this train for life now because mm. I've been with you. Um, what is it about you that people seem to resonate and connect with? Honesty. Mm. I think that's really it. Like, I'm just honest. People want other humans. They don't want all of these carbon copies that we see on the internet, or they don't want some like polished, perfect version of you. I think, especially in the coaching industry, there can be this pressure on I have to have the answers, or I have to, my life has to have this perfect bow in, in order for people to want to invest, invest in my programs or in my coaching. I just never took that approach. Like, listen, we're humans and we're figuring it out together. Here's all the things that I know. Here's my skill sets. Here's what I can coach on. And also, here's my life. And I've invited people to walk the path with me. And so I think that's what people resonate with. What type of people seem to resonate with that or connect with you? Like, what does your audience look like? My audience is so diverse mm. and it's really cool. I speak primarily to women. I do have men in my audience as well, but I have 88% women in my audience. And it was amazing. I just hosted an in-person retreat for 15 women. Here in Austin? Here in Austin um, at the end of April. And it was the most beautiful representation of the diversity inside of my community. We had everyone ranging from early 20s figuring out their life to mid 50s moms of grown kids every single background sexual orientation um race i have all of it and that was really cool it was one of like my proudest moments of this work resonates with people and like the thread of It's like genuineness and heart. So we all looked different on the surface, but there was like a core thread that held everybody together, which was this desire for just community and to change their own life and their own power. And it was like the most beautiful thing in the world. Is there a through line to this? Is there, because obviously you represent yourself in a lot of ways from the spiritual aspect of things. Mm -hmm. Is that something that is the through line of people trying to discover that? Or what would you say is the pulse there? I'd say the through line is wanting to be able to be all of yourself without having to fit into a box mm. in your own growth or spirituality or like in changing your life. It doesn't have to look a certain way. And that's what I speak to. And so the feedback I received even inside of my retreat was like, this is the first time I've ever felt like I can fully show up as myself. Hmm. And that's what I was aiming to create inside of the spiritual spaces because I didn't feel that I hadn't found a home for myself in all of my bigness and who I am. And I'm very multifaceted. And so I just created that. And that seems to be, yeah. What that makes sense. Yeah. So for you to be able to show up as your true self, it gives space for other people to do the same. Yeah. It's funny. I've been hanging out with this girl lately. And uh, as somebody who also has a podcast show and has a lot of community building and a lot of content and stuff as well, it was funny. She was asking me, she's like, sometimes I don't know how to like describe what you do. 
And she's like, but I don't want to call you an influencer. She's like, do you call yourself an influencer? And my literally my response was like, no, because I feel like that puts me in a box. Yeah. And I hate being in a box. Mm -hmm. And like one of the questions that is so hard for me to answer when people ask is, and it's a very common question and I get why people do it, but they always ask like, what do you do? Right. I never know how to answer that question because I get why people do it is because they want to like categorize people and they want to try to understand you. And they do that by putting you in a box of like, this is what you do. And these mm -hmm. are your people and this is your community. But it's like, I don't want to be in a box. Like, mm -hmm. I, what do I do? I do a lot of things. Like, what does that mm -hmm. mean? I never know how to answer that question. Yeah. So that's my question for you is like when somebody asks you, what do you do? What do you tell them? Hmm. I think for that question, a great way to counter that is instead of what do you do, who do you be? And for me, I am a person that lives my life hoping to inspire people to live and walk their truth and inspire myself to do the same every day and coming back home to my alignment every day. The way that that looks in the world is I share my voice through a podcast, through social media, right? Like, and I create community and I create a home for people that are, you know, want to explore um, finding the home within themselves mm. and safe spaces to do that. What does the future of Rachel, Gib Rachel Gibbler look like? Hmm. Well, we're relaunching my podcast, so <laughs> that. Um, but I see, I see it's fucking spiritual becoming a movement. And that's her business, if anyone's wondering. Oh, yeah, by the way. <laughs> can we curse on here? I hope we can. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Um, yeah, so It's Fucking Spiritual is the name of my podcast, and it's edgy, and uh, that was the point. It was meant to be polarizing, and I see that growing um, a lot bigger, and us hosting more in-person events and bringing the community together, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how it's going to unfold. I know that you have a proclivity for polarity, mm -hmm. which I always think is a very fun word for me because I agree actually a lot with that statement in all realms of life mm -hmm. of relationships to business to a lot of aspects. I think people often resist polarity because they don't want to ruffle the feathers. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of power in that. Why is that something that you feel is close to your life and how does it show up? So... Polarity for me, the reason that my name, like my business is named what it is, is just like what you said, is like, I don't want to fit into a box. And I felt like I was needing to fit myself into a box all the time. And so I am deeply spiritual and I'm also like, human as fuck right <laughs> like I'm I'm very much both I and so for me I wanted in my business a name that encompassed that and you already know what I'm about in those three words before you even press play right and then polarity when if you try to be for every single person you're gonna get lot like what's the point who are you so 
for me, standing for something really matters. What I stand for, what I stand against, and speaking that. And when you speak that, you can be a lighthouse and other people can find you, right? And they can resonate and you can be an example for other people to accept the whole of who they are. Mm. So I think polarizing, being polarizing is really important in business, um, at least the way I do business. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, because there is both realms, don't get me wrong, just yeah. to play devil's advocate is yeah. like, if you want to be the next McDonald's, sure, you're, but you're going to be a little bland. Right. Right. Like it's, yeah. it's fine mm -hmm. to the masses, but mm -hmm. it's not great to anybody. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's a few people that fucking love Big Macs, but yeah. Um, I have a rap round of rapid fire questions for okay, you. Great. So it's whatever the first thing is that comes to mind. Okay. What's your best business advice? Keep going. What's your best marketing advice? Come from the heart. Man, these are good. What's your favorite part about entrepreneurship? The people. The community. That says a lot about you. When are you the most productive? 10 a.m. to like 3 p.m. Maybe that's good. <laughs> Mine's like... 8 to 11 p.m. a.m. oh god okay. no i'll be in bed by 8 p.m. there's no way who is your inspiration oh gosh fast garen jones gabby bernstein my dad damn okay <laughs> tell me one secret about you or something just most people don't know about you i still doubt myself hmm. that's very honest mm -hmm. what would you change about yourself nothing What's your favorite app or resource that you're using right now? One sec. What is that? It is uh, an app that creates a stop on your phone from all social media. And you, you program it. It makes you take a breath and then set your intention before you get on any app that you program it for. Love that. Super helpful. When were you the happiest? Hmm. Anytime that I'm in joy. Just like being allowing. How do you manifest that in your life? Coming back home to presence mm. and acceptance. Uh, there's a great, great quote. My buddy Joey always says, he definitely didn't coin it. And I'm going to apologize if I butcher it, but it's something along the lines of we're forever renewed in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? I don't know the exact quote, but that statement is very accurate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your favorite part about Austin and you can't say the people? Oh, I would have said the people. Everyone does. That's a why little bit of say. everything. It's there's outdoorsy, there's water, there's good food, there's a spiritual community, which I guess is a people, but it's just a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a great vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Especially from, you said you came from Ohio? Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very different vibe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally. Way more my speed for sure. Uh, I have one last question before I ask that question though. I just want to acknowledge you. For the work that you do and for showing up as your true authentic self for a while now yeah. and letting people see the rough edges. It's often I was once taught that we connect to each other's rough edges. And mm. so it's important to show those. And so you're doing that through content, through podcasting, through the community you're building. Mm -hmm. And I just want to acknowledge the fact that you're obviously helping a lot of people if you have people that want to legitimately show up to retreats that you're hosting. And so I think that's yeah. awesome. Thank you so much. I yeah. received that. I appreciate that. So last question. Uh, before I ask it, though, what's your blog? Where can people find you? 
Instagram, uh, at Rachel Gibbler, which I'm sure you'll put in the show notes. That's typically where I hang out. Also, my podcast, It's Fucking Spiritual, is out on all platforms. We have another season that is about to be released with video and all the things. So, yeah, definitely come hang out and DM me if you listen to this. And if you find me through uh, this podcast, I would love to welcome you into my fam. Is there any teasers to the new season of the podcast that's coming out? It will be dropping very soon. Okay. So, last question. It really comes down to what your best piece of advice is. And so let's say we were to go back to ground zero of starting the podcast, starting your business, starting build, community building that you're doing, and you were to talk to that version of yourself or anybody else in that similar circumstance of like, what is maybe the best piece of advice you would give to yourself or anybody else in a similar position? You know so much more than you think you do. And trust yourself, jump and trust the net will appear because it always does. Don't try to figure it out. You're not going to know. Take the next best step and the next best action and get yourself in the rooms. Love that. Yeah. You, uh, you definitely live that. So I appreciate that. Thanks for being on the show. Hey friend, thanks for listening to the show. And if you have any feedback for me about the show or any other guests that you'd want to see in the show, definitely shoot me a message. I love engaging with my audience and figuring out how I can provide the best value possible to the people listening to this show. Before you go, I only have one ask of you and that would be to check out my three tips Tuesday newsletter. It's three marketing tips every Tuesday specifically for the health and fitness entrepreneur to help them attract new leads. If you press the link in the description, it'll take you directly to the archive of all my previous newsletters and you can decide for yourself if it's something for you. If you end up finding it helpful, you can just sign up for the newsletter and you'll get it in your inbox every Tuesday. Thanks again and keep hustling my friends.